last time on Magic Folk. And from the space that that gem occupied in the pocket, a pale red circular rift emanates. And one by one, you're swallowed. My name's Pace. If you see a really, really tall person, you tell him I'm looking for him. I'm talking tall. She is tall, tall. <laughs> well, well, well. All right, listen. Look who it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, did you even read my Listen, letter? you are finally back for the Yule celebration. Everyone notices a pale blue glow start from Burnin's bag. We're all having dinner with Burnin's family, and a blue glow began to emanate from Burnin's bag, which I'm going to say is sitting across the room, sort of by the entryway. Burnin, when you walked in, you just kind of threw your bag down in a little space by the door. Right. What do you do? Um, so I look around and everybody, what do your faces look like? Well, do we all notice it? What are your faces telling me? Do we all see it? Like, Do we need to perceive it? Yes, everybody rolled high enough to notice it, if okay. I remember correctly. Oh boy. I think my face is half full of mashed potatoes and I've got a drink coming up right now. And I don't know what's in it, but it's probably alcoholic. <laughs> I think Kiss needs to act or something because I think he would just go for it. Oh, I... Maybe he... Runs to the bag and just tries to... Is there a window I can throw it out of? Because I think he might throw it out the window. Do not. <laughs> I think there are windows, but they're all closed because it's Yule. It's kind of winter time. Huh. Even though it doesn't get super cold here in Osul, it's it's cold enough that you wouldn't really have the window propped open. Uh, Does anybody want to do anything as Kiss gets up from the table? Yeah, I stand up and I'm like, don't you do it. <laughs> okay, Syndra. I think he's just going to watch this unfold. They have it under control. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, he looks concerned, but he doesn't sense imminent danger. Right. So go ahead, Kiss. Uh, I guess if I can't throw it out the window, I'm just going to run out the door with it. No! Oh, my God. I run after him. Oh, my God. <laughs> you ate! Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, Claire gets up and is like, okay. Okay, I'm getting up now and I'm running, too. What are you doing? I, I don't want us to go to hell again. I'm just going to get rid of it. So you're going to break it? <laughs> No, I'm just taking it outside. I don't know. Yeah, outside someone else will break it, idiot. Give it back. Fine. I throw it back at Vernon. Do not. No, don't throw it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so do I have to do an athletics check? Yes. Yeah, roll an athletics check because you're catching something. And uh, Nina stands up from the table and says, what is going on? Um, I got an 18. Uh, You catch it. Okay. I look a little shaken and... I sit back down at the table with the bag firmly in my lap with my hands holding it tightly so that no one can take it from me. And I look over at my family and I have a face that says, like, I don't even know how to begin to explain everything that's happened, but it's been really nuts already. Amber Lee says, <laughs> your bag's pretty burning. <laughs> and Nina just kind of like looks at you. She's leaning her head down. And she's looking at you with a sharp gaze, like, what the hell is going on? What was that? Why are you ruining my dinner? <laughs> <sighs> I think Kiss says, like, oh, are we not go? Is it not going to happen? I Is it going to do it again? It, it's okay, Kiss. Just, we can't break it right now, and I think we'll be fine for just a minute. Um, I turn to my family again. Uh, Y'all are going to think I'm freaking crazy. Look. These guys invited me into a cave for treasure, and that's the dumbest decision I've ever made in my life. We ended up somehow breaking a rock, kind of like the thing that's glowing in my bag right now, and then we got 
transported to a really weird place. And then we got out of there and we ended up in, in, in Dag's helm, if you'd believe it. And then now we ended up back here and it's a really long story. Look, I'm just trying to have dinner. There were skeletons too. There were, yeah, there I mean, that's probably not appropriate dinner conversation, Kiss, but yes, there were. Do any of you have weapons? I killed an ogre. It was great. You should have seen the size <laughs> of that thing. I put my axe in its head. It was awesome. It was pretty amazing. Thanks. Uh, Cinder's going to turn to Nina, and he says, Have you ever used a sword? <laughs> the girls where I'm from are well-equipped. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, n- no, not really. <laughs> Vernon, do you want to show Nina your sword? Well, I got a cool sword, and I look kind of nervous because, like, I imagine that this is a pretty, you know, it's kind of like a townhome, so there's probably not a ton of space in this dining room, especially with a bunch of guests, but um, I kind of back away from everybody, and I draw my sword, and I hold it up for everybody to look at. Isn't this cool? (laughs) Everybody, wow. Uh, Can you put it down? Cinder's going to (laughs) applaud. Yeah, forgive me for being excited about my sword. Look, I'm just saying. Vernon's dad says, but Vernon, now, not not at, not at the dinner table, please. <laughs> okay, and I put it back up. I think Kiss was halfway through getting his axe out to show it off, too, and then he, like, just puts it back on his back. <laughs> 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 Nina says, she kind of, like, continues eating her dinner just plainly for a second, says, Mom, Dad, I'm getting a sword. Cinder <laughs> smacks her on the back and says, That's the spirit. And Vernon's mom says... You are not getting a sword. And now, Bernan, did you say this thing is dangerous here? What, the sword? No, I mean, unless you think I'm dangerous with a sword. Swords are very dangerous. No, the bag. The glowing bag. <laughs> we don't, it's fine right now, I promise. It's, everything's okay. Oh, it's fine, guys, it's fine. Okay, uh, I think that's reassuring enough. So I guess you finished dinner fairly uneventfully. Bernan maybe shows the others to the spare space that he has to sleep, which is not a whole lot, but there, so maybe t- a couple of you are on couches and on the floor. Is there a spare bedroom, Tori? Yeah, I'd imagine there's um at least one spare bedroom. So Okay. Burnham was imagining that, you know, the room that his parents would sleep in would have been available, but he wasn't expecting them to be home. So, but there's probably at least one. Okay. So Burnin shows you around and, you know, kind of lets you make yourself at home and get comfortable. You all lay down, and I'm assuming Burnin is firmly clutching his bag that is still glowing blue. (laughs) Well, actually, I was thinking after dinner, before showing everyone around, that I would go to my room and find like a um, some sort of like keepsake box or something that it would fit in and, and lock it in there for the time being, just until I can figure out what to do with it. I think that's fair. Burning your dad walks up to you and says, hey, man, uh, can we can we talk outside for a minute? And you all go outside. Please call him champ. <laughs> Come on, champ. Buckle no. on, champ. Let's go outside, champ. <laughs> you all go outside and Burning's dad lights up a hand rolled cigarette. Uh, there's nothing. And I definitely weasel my way to bum one from him. <laughs> there's nothing funky in there. Uh, you you don't even Burning actually doesn't even say anything, but. Your dad takes uh, one or two puffs on the cigarette and then exhales and looks over at you and you're kind of looking down with your hands in your pockets, leaning up against the front facade of your building. And then he takes another one out and (laughs) gives it to you and lights it while it's in your mouth. Listen, man, what are you going to do? What is the blue glowing thing? (laughs) Uh, It's a I look around. It's a big ass rock. 
like a like a diamond thing. Why is it glowing? You can't just bring glowing rocks around here around your family. Who knows what, what what's going on with that? It was kind of arcane energy. Yeah. OK, it wasn't glowing before I came here. I mean, it was, but then it broke and now it's not. I'm just trying. You're not making a whole lot of sense here. <sighs> I mean, what do you want to know? There's a freaking it's a rock. It was glowing. And then when you smash it, it 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 opens up a portal and then weird stuff happens and uh, i'm just trying to spend a little bit of time with y'all okay i'm i don't i don't know what to do i i don't know i don't know what i'm doing listen champ (laughs) stop calling me champ come cowboy too listen cowboy listen cowboy champ (laughs) dr cowboy champ listen cowboy champ buddy old pal big guy boyo listen burnin so what we don't know is that he's compensating for all this time he hasn't spent with his son. He doesn't know what oh, to say. Getting all the son words in, yeah. Listen, Vernon, you're my son, and I love you, I, and I just want you to be well. I want you to be happy and safe. But you can't be bringing portals in here. You got to get rid of that thing. Get it out of the house. I just think that it's the safest here because I know what it does. Somebody's going to try to sell it. And then next thing you know, somebody's trying to scratch it to see if it's, you know, like authentic. And then they're going to break it. And then that I can't I can't I can't give anybody that like mess to deal with. I OK, OK, Lork. Vernon, listen, let me tell you something that I learned. Those 10 years that we spent away from the home, I learned something. The safest path is not always the least risky. And you've got a high-risk environment having portals and skeletons around your family. I'm just kind of looking at him, seeing if he has anything else to say. And listen, we're, we're home now. We're good. And Nina can take care of things for the most part, you know. I, I feel like I let you down by not paying my taxes because you haven't had a chance to go out and be your own person. And I thank you for that. I'm so thankful to have a son like you, but it's really time you go out and start your own print shop on the other side of town or go adventuring with your friends or, you know, find, maybe find a a loved, loved one, a one to love, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like me and mama. Yeah, I get, I, I, I get the idea. Yeah. Uh, So, you guys are out front of your building and looking up to the second floor where your living room is, you see windows facing the street and from those windows, you see a blue glow. Oh, no. OK, so I throw my cigarette on the ground and run up the stairs. Yeah. Your dad doesn't even put his cigarette out. He still has it in his mouth and he immediately <laughs> runs up the stairs. Oh, no. <laughs> are we like cartoon, like falling over each other on the way up? <laughs> exactly. And I think up the stairs, you, you like you knock over some printmaking equipment running through the shop. And I think on the stairs, you get in front of him and manage to make your way inside. And you see in your living room, Amber Lee. Oh, damn it. Walking with the stone and tossing it up in her hand, saying, pretty, pretty, pretty. Oh, boy. Amberly, stop! Burning your stone so pretty. Stop! Put it down! Don't throw it! Uh, jeez. Nina jumps in the way and says, do not yell at her like that! Claire runs over and grabs a stone from Amberly. Yeah, good luck doing that. Amberly says, aww. Make an <laughs> athletics roll. Uh, 15. Okay, so you're actually able to successfully get your hands on this stone out of her hands and burning your dad says what did i tell you man champ 
Claire, Claire just kind of ch- chides Amber Lee is like, you shouldn't be playing with this. Here. Uh, ha- Have we rested yet? Nope. I guess I'll wild shape into a cat to entertain Amber Lee. Okay. Keep her occupied. So Amber Lee says, Kitty! And Nina says, she kind of like just has her arms crossed and is seriously looking at Burn and kind of angry. And she says, Mom, Dad, we're getting a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Sword in a cat. All right, who's in who's in the living room right now? Did I imagine people like perked up because I was yelling? I think everybody probably ran out, but well, Kiss is the only person I haven't heard from. Sure, yeah, he's in there. I think he's just hanging out. Okay, so um, I look at Claire and I hold my hand out for the stone. Do you want to put it somewhere safe this time? And Claire hands it over. Ooh. I just blink at her like I have some shit to say, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) She just kind of like smirks. And I say, all right, everyone, if we're sticking together, we're taking one night here. I'm going to not sleep so I can watch this thing. And then we're heading somewhere else. I don't know where, but we're not staying here. We're leaving tomorrow morning. Why don't we take some shifts and watch it so that you can get some rest too? No, this is my family. I'm solely responsible for them. Well, okay then. So I, I'll say this is fair. Burnin is allowed to stay up all night and guard this stone, this burden that is keeping him away from his family and putting his family in danger. Burnin's mom and dad kind of prep you with like snacks and cakes and stuff to take. And they keep calling it a camping trip because you don't know where you're going. <laughs> Backpacking across Europe. <laughs> yeah. And Burnin's dad says, now listen, son, you're welcome here anytime. You just can't bring any danger here. And I do like your friends. They can come anytime, too. But, you know, your sisters are what's most important. That's a high-risk thing there, you know, those two. I know. I know. And so are you. So you better stay safe. I mean, reasonably safe, that is. And he smiles at you. I don't think I have much of a choice in that matter, but... (laughs) Claire says, we'll we'll take good care of them and, and grins. I feel like she'd have dragon teeth, so I feel like it'd be kind of (laughs) off-putting. It's a little menacing. Yeah. So you rest for the night, uneventfully wake up in the morning, ready to go. Where are you going? What's what's the plan? Everybody sort of convenes in the in the dining room for breakfast, and you all eat some some eggs. And I don't know, would Kiss eat eggs? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's messed up. No, there's there's birds of prey who eat other eggs. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. He's a different species too. Yeah. yeah, birds eat other birds. So there's eggs and like, you know, meats and t- toast and breads and things that Nina made. Nina comes over and hugs you burning and says, "I'm serious, be safe. I'll try and send you my work when I can." Oh, heck yeah. And I look at her and I kind of put my hand on her shoulder and I say quietly, "I'm very proud of you." Oh. She leans in and whispers, Get me a sword. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. First thing. Thanks. So then if nobody has any suggestions as to where we're going to go. Are are we still going into the city? Does any, I mean, we're in the city. Does anybody like have any requests of what they want to do before we leave? Uh, no, I think, uh. Is there like a, a store? As I see it, there's only one option and that's breaking that stone and going wherever it takes us. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking maybe we could write Seth in the notebook and say, what do we do with this thing? But uh, He's probably going to be like, you idiots. <laughs> I'm not your babysitter. <laughs> well, let's, maybe we should. I was thinking hopefully there was maybe like a general store or something. We could maybe grab some potions or I don't know, any items perhaps. I mean, I have some gold to spend. Um, You guys are pretty well stocked and 
I don't have that prepared. I could do it off the cuff, but I can't guarantee you're going to get anything good. <laughs> but you guys have a lot of potions. I think you have five healing potions and one potion of heroism. All right, whatever. Let's go get some loot. I want to have a store experience for you guys at some point soon, but we've had a lot of like kind of boring shit. Mm -hmm. Not boring, but like, you know, I want to get back into the Freya things. Yeah. Instead of having like an, a half hour of buying swords and shit. <laughs> the you know? Freya things. Just Freya things. Yeah. It's a Freya solo adventure. Hashtag just Freya things. <laughs> I'm ready to go. What's, uh, I don't know where to go at all, but. <laughs> <laughs> so should, we, should we confer with Seth real quick? Oh, well, no, it's not Shakir, so. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Claire writes, hey, can you tell Shakir that he's sexy? <laughs> tell him I like him. <laughs> um, okay, so Claire, Claire takes out the notebook and, and writes, hey, Seth, what's up? <laughs> Claire blowing up the group chat. It, there's nothing for a couple minutes. You're just kind of like walking the streets of Baylen, looking at this, looking at your notepad, waiting for a response. And then suddenly he's he's typing. I know it's not typing, but like there's like a little dot, dot, dot. And then... The text appears, busy, you, like one letter, you, <laughs> question mark. Uh, just chilling. <laughs> what do, where sh what should we do? <laughs> he writes, do you need something, question mark? Did something happen, question mark? We're just not really sure where to go from here. Well, our, our rock started glowing again, so I think we have to inform him of that. And our, our, our rock started glowing again. I wanted to break the rock, I'm... So I look at everybody and I look at Claire scribbling in her notebook and I'm like, why do you, hey, um, and then I guess I just open, like, I realize that I can see this conversation in my own notebook. So I open it up and I just look at her kind of like, we don't need to pester him. He's a busy man. Come on. I know what to do. He must not be that busy. He keeps responding. Claire just holds her hand. Like, <laughs> uh, does, does Seth say anything back um, after we sit, tell him the rock's glowing? Uh, he says, interesting, dot, dot, dot. Well, <laughs> only one thing to do now. All right. Well, so we have our answer. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna write. Cool. Thank you. Go Go Mac writes in his book. Hi. <laughs> Kiss. He says, "Smash that shit." Kiss writes back, "Hi," but his high handwriting looks like a seven year old's. Just like big, Aww. messy letters. It's hard to write with feathers. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm just gonna write back. Cool. Thanks. Tell Shakir hello. No, just hey. Did you write tell Shakir hello dot and yes. then dot dot dot? No, just hey. <laughs> Okay. Seth writes back like the the dash underscore dash face. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um if everybody's done Smash that motherfucking rock button. Let's do it. Well, I'm I'm not doing it in the middle of the street, so I kind of um <laughs> Let's go into one of the stores and do it. Yeah, there we go. We'll take all the stuff with us. <laughs> I don't want to cause a panic, so I guess I I know of a park, like a sort of like nice little grassy park. There's not a lot of stuff, and probably because it's cold, there's probably not a ton of people out there. So I go into this little, like, plaza in this park, and I make sure that everybody's around me, and I say, okay, are we, are we, are we going? I'm, are we doing let's this? Let's do it. I'm very excited. I hope we get to kill more things. I'm in. So I throw the rock on the cobblestone. <laughs> okay, so right as your the rock leaves your hand, and a hooded figure runs out from behind some shrubs and comes up behind Burnin and puts a knife to his throat <laughs> as the stone leaves your hand. And he says, give me your gold. Give me your gold, man. Sorry, that was not uh, Shakir, but he does have a raspy voice <laughs> like that. Just want to clarify. It's not Shakir who's mugging you. <laughs> I would hope not. That'd be pretty, a good prank. Like he doesn't have <laughs> enough gold. So he dropped the gem. 
Yes, and the gem is... Sindra's going to try to catch it. Headed towards the cobblestone, make an athletics check. Why don't we just let it take us? 19. <laughs> okay, why, why are you trying to catch it, just out of curiosity? Because I don't want this little jerk to come with us. <laughs> okay. It's very true. Sure, okay, so you actually, you managed to duck down and like grab it just before it hits the, the rock. I have an idea. Can I throw it at the guy's <laughs> head? <laughs> yeah, sure. I hate this guy. Make an athletic, make a strength check to see how hard you throw it. If you can throw it hard enough to crack it on his skull. And he's holding me, so don't hit me in the face, please. Right, with disadvantage. I shouldn't have said that. Okay, with disadvantage. Yep, he's using burn in his cover. <laughs> well, with disadvantage, it's a negative one. Oh my god. <laughs> I break Vernon's glasses. <laughs> oh no! You do throw it. Let me get my dice out here. Oh. You throw it and you hit Burnin in the head, and it actually is hard enough to break. What? So it shatters on Burnin's head. What? <laughs> oh no! Doing one point of damage to Burnin. Is he made of concrete? He's he's got skull. I've got a very hard head. Yeah, champ, you got a very hard skull. We used to call you hard skull. <laughs> oh, hard skull! You damn! You put a damn hole in the wall when you ran into it when you were four. Old champ, hard skull. Oh, champ. oh my god! Right through the drywall. Right, right through the plaster. Our cowboy, hard skull. <laughs> So the stone shatters and a pale blue rift opens up and the mugger says, what, what, what is going on? Oh, no, no, no. Whoa. And uh, you all start to fall through and Burnin is the first to go in with the mugger and the mugger lets go of Burnin and starts to he accelerates a little bit farther. Maybe because he's heavier than Burnin is. Burnin's kind of wayfish and has wind resistance against him like a piece of fucking paper. <laughs> but you all are falling together, and ahead of you is this mugger, and his hood falls down, and it's just a human, regular old human. And you see, he just like bursts into a thousand lacerations. What? Oh, God. That's charming. Like, it's just like. Like a cheese grater. Jeez. Oh, just blood, um, like a mist of oh blood. Boy. Oh my god, what the f- Can I cast mending on him? <laughs> yes, go for it. No, I'm, I'm Is that a cantrip? It's not, it's for like inanimate objects. It's definitely not for people. It's not a healing spell. So I don't care. He's inanimate now. I'll tell you that. Oh man. Oh, you're gonna reassemble a corpse. So wait, is he like, is he like chunks or is he like just hurt very badly? It's all one guy oh it's okay. all one thing but it's just like kind of shredded it looks like it looks real bad i thought you made him into like dude cubes or something uh <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> dude do you cube, like your cubes. dude one lump or two claire gets toothpicks out mm. <laughs> oh, delicious so are you gonna are you trying to cast that mending yeah <laughs> You know, I was about to say, to. I was, well, I was about to say this. Tonight I was going to try to not hype up the whole burden has anxiety. He panics at everything route. But when you're giving me this, it's really hard for him to not have a panic attack. And as such, it seems like in this moment of just complete mind fucked upness that he would try to cast mending as a last ditch effort to help <laughs> to this guy. Him. So, yes, he will be casting mending at this guy. Oh, man. So, like. Everything goes, he, the, the guy himself and like all his robes and stuff go back to normal. He's still dead, but it doesn't right. look as gross. That's nice. Gotta spruce him up a little bit. That's kind of weird. So you all pass through the portal and you land on the other side on pale green grass. Can I take like a, a, a barf break because of what I saw? Um, like, 
I think the less barfing in our show, the better. But that's me. <laughs> but we can have a man being cut into ribbons and that's fine. Yeah, but like that's n- nobody really sees that ever. But everybody knows what it's like to barf. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to play my character straight, man. <laughs> uh, just don't do any Foley work for it. I look very uh, fucked up uh, over that. I think Kiss goes to the guy on the ground and says, sir, are you okay? Yeah, no response. <laughs> okay. You can search him, though. <laughs> yeah, I do that. <laughs> you get a regular knife and no gold. Uh, I guess he was trying to steal our gold, so why would he have any? <laughs> Not a very good thief, huh? Correct. Yeah, the mug, the mugged becomes the mugger. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, man, it's a bird eat bird world out, world out there. For kiss, it is totally. It's a it's a portal eat portal shred man world. Um, so you land on some damp, pale green grass. But you're relieved that you're on solid earth this time. There's no like fleshy moss. There's no you're not high up in the air. You're not in some weird fleshy cavern. And you quickly realize that you're outside, which is fantastic. Cool. So you all look up and brush yourselves off. And you're standing just outside of a tall stone wall. They're kind of rough looking and handmade. And there's a small entryway with a wrought iron gate. And the gate's open. These stone walls stretch in both directions to your left and right alongside a road. So you're on this patch of grass between the road and the wall. And they stretch on pretty much as far as you can see before curving off. Where you are is sort of at the apex of a curve. So both curve forward in either direction. Eventually. I mean, they go on for quite a while. You can see down them. And there's nothing really there. It's just woods. Directly on the other side of this gate is a large field of dry and dead crops. And there's an entryway into the crops that coincides with the gate. Make a perception check, everyone. Uh, nine. Seventeen. Fourteen. Twenty-two. So the crops are, they, they stand at about 15 feet tall, and you can't really see over them. But up on a hill, a short hill, maybe also about 15 feet tall, on the other side of the crops is a cabin everybody but kiss to your right is a small road with downed trees that are about redwood size that block the road they're stacked up in a way that it looks very difficult to try and traverse what do you do so it's either go left or go to the cabin it's either try and go on the road with the downed trees or go into the crops i'm letting everybody else make that decision let's go see that house my decision making killed a guy, so <laughs> Okay, so you're marching into the crops as everyone go? Hey, what about what about the trees over here? What if we go that way? Ah, I wanna s I wanna see what's in the house. Could be things in there. Yeah, but I mean I'm not strong enough to climb over those trees, so go for it if you feel like it, but Well you can ride on my back, little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Champ <laughs> Champ <laughs> Tiger? I think that, that would end badly for both of us. Okay, well, you know, agree to disagree. Okay. So you enter into the entryway of the crops, and you are now in a large crop maze. Can I do a nature check on the crops? Sure. Now that we're up on them. We're in a, a maze, you say? 18. Oh, yeah. And they're dead. It's a big old maze. They're mostly dead, but it's really thick crops. Like, you would, you would very much struggle to walk through these if you could even walk through them at all, especially with four of you. They're pretty normal crops for the most part. You do sense that there's something about this maze that you're you're probably gonna find trouble, but it's not you're not the crops aren't gonna like poison you or kill you as soon as you walk in or anything like that. They're just abnormally tall. 
Well, what if Freya just flies up and leads the way? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Is she smart enough to communicate that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, if you like pointed, Freya's pretty smart. Like, I think if you pointed in the right direction and said, like, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I'm going to lean down, pat her head, kind of pick her up, and kind of lean over and whisper in her ear, lead the way. <laughs> and then, whoosh. Then you fucking throw her as hard as you can in the air. <laughs> Chuck her in the air. Yeah. Like a football. <laughs> okay. So as soon as Freya flies above the crops... A volley of arrows shoots out from several different points in the crops. Oh. And luckily, only a couple hit her, but she actually is hit- Only a couple. For four points of damage. Ouch. Oh, no. Well, how many points she got? Wait, how many? Four. Uh-oh. So what if I told you that Freya has four HP? Oh, sh- Hang on. Let me double check my math on that. I mean, she's not dead. She would. She's unconscious and you can do first aid on her so she doesn't die. Yeah, we have potions. Yeah. I mean, I can always eat her later or something. Nice snack. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, 4 HP. Great. Freya's dead. Okay, so about two of these arrows hit Freya in a tragic, tragic experience for all of you because you, you all love Freya, but especially for you, Syndra. I mean, this is heartbreaking. These arrows hit her and she just falls downward into the crops. Oh, jeez. Oh, my oh, God, no. no. All right, Cinder's running. He's running straight towards wherever she went down. Okay, so you, you really can't because it's a labyrinth. I don't care. You, you can't make your way through the walls. I have produced flame. I can burn this thing down. <laughs> oh, man. Do it. I'm burning it down. It's a cantrip. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure you want to do this? I don't care. This is my bird. What if She means a lot to me. What if you burn Freya? So maybe I, maybe I see the flame start to happen in Cinder's hand. I'm like, wait, the whole thing is probably rigged like that. If we burn it, we might die. Yeah, I think burning might be right. What if you burn it and you hurt Freya, too? I'll snuff out my hands. Oh. Oh! Good idea. So let me explain how this labyrinth is going to work, because I'm not just going to, like, give you a map or, like, I don't have a map sitting in front of me with the right answers on it. Basically, there will be a series of checks based on your skills with kind of a cumulative goal that you're trying to reach as far as your checks go. And there will be a couple different plot points and, like, things that happen in the labyrinth that are important to succeed on. But... Syndra, you do take off running into the maze, and I think you're all following because that you, you communicated with each other about don't burn this thing down because we'll all die and, and Freya will die too. You're sprinting through this maze, and our first check, Burnin, use your investigation skill. 19. Okay, you're sprinting following right behind Syndra as you weave around corners and, and through different pathways in this labyrinth, hitting a couple dead ends, and you run through a, run around a corner, and Syndra doesn't see this. But as soon as you turn the corner, you see a 300-pound cat that has very natural color <laughs> fur. It's green and tan uh, and sort of gray to match the dying crops. It camouflages itself extremely well oh. in this labyrinth, and it's going to pounce on Syndra. <gasps> Syndra! I, I yell to try to warn him. Everybody roll initiative. 15. Five for Six. kiss. Eight. So... It pounces on top of you, Syndra, and takes you down, and it kind of gnashes and claws at your face. What about my armor class, yo? Ten. Nope. So you're actually, you actually managed to fend it off, and you've got its jaws kind of in your hands. Kiss. Make an athletic. Do an athletic skill. Okay. To help your friend out. Eighteen. Okay. 
So Kiss, you sprint towards the tiger and actually kind of just ram it off, I think, with your elbow. And it, it does back off of Syndra. And it is kind of standing over Syndra a little bit, but it's not on top of him ready to bite his face off. So it is a tiger and not a giant house cat. No, it's like a, a big old feline. I wouldn't. It's not a tiger. The I have a name for it that you'll probably find out later. Okay. <laughs> but it's not. I mean, it's cute, but it's not like. It's a big old thing. Um, so next, Syndra, I'm going to say roll animal handling. Would you believe I'm not proficient in that as a druid? Uh, <laughs> that's surprising. But it's still a 15. 15? I thought that was a skill that you did have. Nope. Okay. So with a 15 animal handling, you you kind of get up and you're actually able to calm down this cat. But it's no longer ready to just maul you. But it is still kind of on edge. It's not quite your friend yet. And last but not least, Claire, making Arcana check. 19. Claire, with this cat calmed down a little bit and not quite ready to engage in battle, you can sense that this cat has a magical bond with somebody. It mm. is a familiar, and it has that sort of special master, pet, friend, friend scenario that you can sense between Freya and Syndra as well. What do you all do? First would be Burnin'. So you mentioned that my parents gave us some snacks for the trip. Sure. So I look in my bag for something kind of meaty to to maybe, you know, feed it a little bit. Okay. There's like a meat a meat bun in there, like a, a roll stuffed with ground meat that's cooked. Mm. So I, I offer it to the kitty. Make a charisma check. Nine? That'll do it. Oh, good. The cat rolled a five. So the cat takes to these buns and starts eating it. And as it does, it starts purring. And you've made an ally. Hmm, cool. So this cat is no longer attacking you unless y'all want to continue to attack it. You're free to do so. I wanted to... So so the way that I kind of asked you guys to make checks and stuff, that's how this whole labyrinth scenario is going to continue to play out. So I have Burnin does investigation, Kiss, athletics, Syndra, animal handling, and Claire, arcana. And I'm really just trying to simulate the feel of being in a labyrinth without having to say, oh, you turn left. Okay, there's nothing there. It's a dead end. Turn right. Turn back around. You get attacked. Sweet. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Moving forward, what would you like to do? I want to see if the cat is going anywhere. Make an investigation check. 21. So, Burning, the cat's not really doing anything. It's kind of just purring and rubbing up against Syndra to apologize. So, so you don't see that it's going anywhere, but you do look down on the ground and you see some tracks from the tiger leading kind of ba back from where you came a little bit and then back to the left. All right. Well, let's follow them. So you all proceed and the tiger comes along with you, hoping for more snacks. And you come around a corner and you all see the a statue just straight ahead of you in the path. And it sits at a fork in the road where you can either turn right or keep on going past the statue the statue is the is a bust of a woman it looks very very old like several hundred years old and claire make an arcana check okay 18 nope 22 so the statue you realize is enchanted with some kind of old magic and as it starts to sense that you can tell what it's doing hmm. it turns to the path on the right and faces that way let's go left <laughs> why do you say that because I just checked out the uh, the magic on this statue, and it was facing left, and as soon as I checked it, it turned right. And I think it's trying to fool me. <laughs> Can we get another, like, w one tells the truth, one always lies explanation from Claire? It's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> like uh, kind of like the one one tells the truth, one tells always tells a lie. <laughs> the free shit puzzle. Yeah, you chose last time, so uh, 
I guess I guess this time you yeah, whatever. Let's do it. Okay, so you go straight past the statue and you find yourself in a small clearing with no exits. Materializing in front of you, you see three ghosts. <laughs> ghosts? These are kind of just they're they're small translucent ghosts and they actually don't really have like a full human form. Or a full humanoid form, I should say. They're really just like blobs of, of spiritual energy. And they're holding bows. So everybody roll initiative. All right. What happened if we stab those with a dagger? They turn into meat blobs. 19. 13. 21. 20. So first in the order is Syndra. I guess I'll thunder wave. Why not? Okay. So I'm aiming towards the ghosts. How far away are they? 15 feet in sort of a triangle. One stand, one right in front of you, one to the left, and one to the right. All right. Yeah, let's do it. So constitution saving throw. Okay. If they're all in range. First one's an 18, 13, and 20. Nat 20. 13 will not do it. A failed save takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away from you. And then a successful save, the creature takes half damage and is not pushed. Gotcha. 11... And then the other two take half damage. So you blast one of these ghosts and it just immediately evaporates with the thunder as your thunderous wave erupts through it. And it's it's bow clacks down on the ground, you know, with the wooden the sound of wood hitting the ground. Great. And the other two kind of resist against it, but they almost look like just two little blobby hands holding their bows and arrows ready to fire. <laughs> Next in the order is one of the ghosts. So it's going to roll an attack Probably against Syndra because Syndra just attacked. Bring it on. Seven. No way. So that's not going to do it. It fires an arrow at you, but it goes whizzes past you and just kind of goes into the crops behind you. Next in the order is Kiss. Yeah, I think I'm going to attack the closest one to me with my axe. Okay, go for it. Uh, 15. That'll do it. Hopefully my axe works on ghosts. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's four damage. Okay, <laughs> that is just enough to kill it. Awesome. <laughs> So you slash through it, and the rest of its energy is is just completely gone. And now you have one little ghost blob hand sitting in in front of you all. And that ghost is going to shoot an arrow at Claire. That's a 19. It's more than my armor class, yeah. So that's going to do 1d8 damage to Claire. Six damage. Um, Next in the order, Burnin. Uh, I guess I'm just going to try to get it with my sword. Okay, you're using the... uh, Performer. The performer. Go ahead, roll. 13? That'll hit. Okay, six points of damage. Yep, that'll do it. The ghost completely dissipates, and again, you, you actually crack through its bow with your sword as the performer lets out a loud whoosh and a beautiful sound, and that's it. The ghosts are gone. Can I pick up one of the bows? Sure. So you equip a bow, and I think from all three ghosts, you get probably about 30 arrows. Wow. Cool. Sorry, 20, 28 arrows, because they fired a couple. <laughs> so there's no, there's no, nothing left of the bodies. Nope, they're ghosts. They don't have bodies. <laughs> you can't loot a ghost. Yeah, I get damaged, and then don't get to attack. Don't leave anything good. <laughs> Sorry, Claire. We're, so from now on, we'll keep this initiative, and then you'll be next. Okay. Great. So this is a good time, I guess, to uh, ask you, Curtis, which I know um, Alex and Kyle, you don't know much about Syndra's backstory. No. I know we discussed that he comes from a family of Fletchers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I said that technically druids aren't proficient with bows, but with his background, I didn't know. Did we ever make a decision with that? Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, you're proficient with bows just as like a special background skill. Sweet. I'm taking this bow with me then. Yeah, you found a narrative reason for that to work. 
yeah, for funsies, I'll tell Alex and Kyle, um, because his family raised birds in the, the Scandinavian area or whatever. They're like ethically sourced Fletchers. Huh, cool. So they, they use the feathers from the birds that they raise. Oh, sweet. So, okay, you, you killed all the ghosts. Killed them back to death. <laughs> now what? Go back around to the other. Yeah, let's go back where we came. Okay, so you return back. Uh, I think maybe, Claire, as you're walking back, you like slap the statue on the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, that's a, exactly right. <laughs> you all continue through the maze, and there are no ghosts in the path that the statue faces. I think that after every little segment here, we'll say that you walk through the maze for probably about 10 minutes. Burnin, make an investigation check. Didn't see that one coming. 16. So, Burnin, you see in one of the paths, sort of off to the side, a glass cola bottle, fully intact, relatively clean, but pretty old looking, just kind of sitting in the crops. And this kind of gives you the idea, for some reason, that this is a correct path to go. It, it, maybe your survival instincts kick in, and you know that via tracking, if you find trash or something, then it's likely that something recently has been here. That'll go great with some Duster Davids. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you can either go to the left towards the cola bottle or go back to the right and head down a path 90 degrees from there. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go look at that cola bottle. Sure. So you, you pick it up and it's just a regular old bottle. There's nothing nothing really special about it. It just looks like garbage. Okay, I keep it. I, I put it in my bag and I guess I keep walking in the direction it was leading me. Okay, so you continue to walk through the maze. Things are relatively uneventful. You come across, it's a small clearing with two paths on the far side, sort of like the tunnels in Yardside Cave, just one to the left and one to the right. And you start walking up towards one of the paths and the crops start to actually close in to block this path. So Kiss, make an athletics check and do something cool to try and fix this. Yeah, I'd run up and do a flip in the air and try to chop, chop it with my axe with unnecessary movement. That's a 14. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you do chop it with your axe, but that's not quite going to do it. And the path actually just closes around your axe. And you can hear the crops closing the entire path off to you. And you don't really have a choice now but to either go back from where you came or take the left path. This is some gobbled of fire shit. <laughs> so what do you do? Oh, shit. I guess let's take the left, left path. I'm not going back. I'm trying to find Freya. Yeah, I agree. So you take the left path and you're walking straight for a little while and... You can see there's a T down at the very end. Syndra, make an animal hand handling check. Um, 16. Okay. So the tiger that's walking beside you and it's grown a fondness for you after almost biting your head off, it starts to kind of perk up a little bit like it sees something and it wiggles its butt like it wants to pounce. And you look down the path and just walking just past the entryway to your to the path that you're on. So it's like a T and it's walking from left to right. You see a monkey that walks and it meets your gaze for a split second and it continues to walk and it walks out of sight. A monkey! A monkey. This campaign sure does love monkeys. I <laughs> love monkeys. <laughs> Claire loves monkeys. Okay, so you reach the end of the path and you can either go left or right. The monkey came from left to right and it is no longer anywhere in sight. Claire runs to the right after the monkey. Everyone following? Sure. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so you come into a large clearing with a big old tree in the middle. Um, this is kind of one of those redwood trees. And as you do, the tree kind of shudders and shivers a little bit before reaching out its branches like arms ready to attack. And then parts of the crops on the walls 
in this square clearing sort of break off and form these little shrubs that walk by their roots and they're walking towards you and there's about four of them <laughs> bring it on plant boys okay claire you are first in the order um i think i'm gonna use thunder wave so I'm going to say that the tree has advantage on this because it's a tree. You can't really push it back 10 feet, but the rest of the shrubs don't. That's a 12. Critical fail. 18. 15. And the tree got a 6 with advantage. A 6. <laughs> Two bushes fail and the tree fails. So roll damage, Alex. So we got an 8 and a 6. Okay, um, so you blast these shrubs back and they just like hit the back walls of the of the shrub maze and collapse into it and are no longer moving. The tree looks completely fine though and you it bends back maybe about 10 feet if you're measuring the top of its branches. The base of it does not move at all and it quickly springs back right back to where it is. Right. Next in the order is going to be the tree. It's not going to hit anyone. It kind of tries to rake its branches over you all and fails. <laughs> What a dumb tree. Um, Syndra is next in the order. All right, so are there any that are down? Um, two are completely dead. You have two shrubs left and a tree that's still looking pretty healthy. All right, I'm going for the tree. And I'm going to use Produce Flame because I'm assuming that a tree is weak to fire. Sure is. Attacking with the flame ends the spell. It's a ranged spell attack. So are we not trying to avoid burning down the crops anymore? Just this tree. This is a pretty large clearing, and while I would urge you to avoid setting the entire maze on fire, I don't think that this is quite as dangerous. Uh, can I run at the tree, like, um, what's his name, from Naruto, <laughs> and just, like, fireball this thing in its chest? Oh, Sasuke? Yeah. It's Sasuke. <laughs> I mean, the tree can't run away. Yeah, it can't run away. It's it's there. You can only do that if your hands are like stretched out behind you like Naruto running. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> no, I'll do it. That has to yeah, be I'm going to run at this tree and fireball it just directly into its trunk. Okay, so you get to within, I would say, about 15 feet of it because I learned that with ranged attacks, if you get close, you get disadvantage. And you launch this fireball right into its trunk. Go ahead and roll your d20. And I'm rolling... Plus my spell attack bonus? Yes. Yep. 13? Yep. That just barely hits. Great. This tree has some pretty thick hide, but not quite thick enough to resist this flame, so roll damage. 1d8 fire damage. That's 6. You hurl this fireball at it, and the base of the tree sort of lights up a little bit, but one of its branches also catches on fire, and you do you deal 12 points of damage to it. So it's looking slightly more rough, but still pretty well. But now it's on fire, and it's also got a flaming hand, a flaming branch hand. <laughs> it might not be good. So that does pose a little bit of a danger to you all. Um, next in the order would be Kiss. Great. I have an idea. Kiss turns to Claire and says, Claire, can I see your flask? Oh, sure. my God. Oh, no. I take it, and I pour it in the head of my axe, and I uh, I want to run to the tree and light the head of my axe on fire. That with the fire that's still lit on it. Hell yeah. Is that doable? <laughs> yeah. I think that you kind of sit there for like a minute or two pouring <laughs> liquor onto your axe because this isn't like an infinite flask. Yeah. So it takes a minute or two and y'all like the trees just kind of looking at you like, what the hell? are like, It's not <laughs> the time to clean your damn axe, bird man. But then when it realizes what you're doing, it sort of leans back a little bit afraid and go ahead and roll a d20. Nice. I presume you're attacking the tree. Yeah, with with my uh, flame axe. <laughs> my favorite thing in D&D &D is when someone says, I have an idea. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do I get any kind of bonuses for that? Or like bonus damage or uh, 
Yeah, just bonus damage if you hit it. That's a 14. 14 will do it. Awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a 13 damage base. <laughs> Ooh. So you do 26 points of damage to this thing. <laughs> hey! You swing your axe, and the flame on the axe is actually so hot now with the burning alcohol that Claire drinks because it's so strong. <laughs> It sears through and makes the, the, the pulp of the tree at its base even softer. So you cut extra deep into this tree. Nice. I'm going to say your axe goes like almost all the way through the tree. It looks like with one kick, you could probably topple it over. <laughs> Great. Unfortunately, two more shrubs come walking out of the crops. It is two of the shrubs' turns. One of them walks up to burn in and rolls a seven to attack. So I'm going to say that, that misses, right? Mm-hmm. The other actually rolls a nine, so neither neither hit you, but they're they're right next to you. Um, both of them are kind of coming for burn and just like, yeah, hey, it was this guy. <laughs> they kind of pat me gently with their leaves, and it tickles a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of soothing. Yeah, I'm like, hey, friends. <laughs> next in the order is Burnin. So Burnin, make an investigation roll. Okay, so I'm I'm starting to get worried for Freya. So at some point during all of this, I said like a little mental prayer to my deity for her safety. Noted. And an investigation check. That's a 16. So with a 16, you see that just above the notch that Kiss created with his axe still embedded in this tree, there's a pendant wrapped around the tree with a golden chain. Hmm. Can I mage hand it? You can try. Okay, so I'm going to try to mage hand it. Okay, and roll a strength contest against the tree. Um, 16. Okay, you beat it. Um, the tree's pretty frail. It's on its last trunk or last root. leg. I don't know. Last root. That's a good joke. <laughs> nice. And the pendant just kind of like you managed to break the chains with your mage hand. And when you do so, the two bushes that came alive that are right next to you deanimate and they're no longer alive. The two original bushes are still still remaining, walking around, re- ready to attack. Is the tree still alive? The tree is still alive. Do I have the time to do anything else? Yes, yep, because that was my, like, my little thing. That was part of the maze. Um, I guess I'm gonna try to trim some trees and and go for a bush. With your sword? Yeah, with my sword. Go for it. 18? Damn, okay, yep, you hit one of these shrubs. Okay. Vernon's gotten real good with that sword. Seven. Okay, so it's still alive, but you managed to kind of trim it down a little bit. It looks prettier and boxier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Next in the order is the shrub that you just attacked. Nope, not going to do it. Next would be Claire. Okay, um, I, can I go run over to the shrub that has full health, grab it by, like, its, uh, I want to say, arm thing? Like, arm roots? Yeah, it's got it's got branches. And then, like, kind of swing it around, like, like my whole body. <laughs> Claire loves this move! And oh my God. swings it into the other... I want to, like, bat the other one out of the way. Like Bowser? And then start running towards the tree. <laughs> um... Yeah, you can do this. Sure. <laughs> Make a strength contest against the tree, the, the shrub that you're trying to pick up. Okay. Um, 16. Yep. You win. So you, you have the full one and you're throwing it at the weakened one that's closer to burning. Well, I'm, not, I'm not throwing it. Like, I, I want to keep it. I want to keep it as I run towards the main tree. Oh, okay, okay. So you're swinging around. So make a. I'm just going to bat it out of the way, hopefully, do some damage to the other one, and then continue towards the large <laughs> tree. Just make a regular uh, melee attack. 15. That'll do it. Yes. Roll a d4 for bludgeoning damage against the shrub. Uh, two. 
So Burning cleaned up this shrub really nice. It looked all square and it had these kind of like, uh, uh, you know, it's winter, so they're pale green, but had these nice pale green leaves and it's all square and pretty and cute. And you just take out literally all of the leaves on it. It's just a stock of wood. It looks like a broom now. <laughs> oh, God. And it looked so good for its bush date. But it is still standing. The tree is next. It's going to try and attack Alex because it just saw you. It sees you running towards it now. It's going to attack Claire. Because you're running towards it with a weird bush, the you know, one of its little children friends. And it rolled an 18 versus AC. Shit. Okay, so, yeah. So that's going to hit. It reaches down with the flaming arm, and it does. Oh, boy. 17 points oh, of damage. Oh, no! No way, man. As it rakes this flaming arm across you. Mm. Ugh, well, I'm, I'm toast. Can I drink a potion? Or I can't do it to myself. Uh, no, I think you're unconscious, so other people can heal you. I know that there's some rules where if you get hit for damage that's below like two times or fifty percent your max HP, you're dead for good. We're not playing like that. Well, it's not. It's not two times anyway. Okay, I just wanted to clarify, but it probably was fifty percent. You're not. You don't need to clarify because you're setting Claire on fire. So that wow <laughs> that wow <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> What? What does that even mean? Claire on okay, fire. so Claire gets set on fire. That was a joke on another plane of existence, and I love it. <laughs> um, Claire gets set on fire as she drops the bush, and I'm going to say the bush takes four points of damage as well from the fire, so it's kind of running around on fire, screaming and trying to put itself out. You are unconscious, Dang. and next in the order is Syndra. All right, how's everybody looking other than Claire? Like, how's How are the enemies looking? Um, so you have one shrub that is not doing too hot. It's well, it's no, fire. it's literally hot, but it's on fire and the tree is still moving, but it's on its last route, as Tori said. All right. I'm going to bring out the scimitar and I'm going to slash the tree. I love that you and Kiss just like team up and, and do this badass hack and slash shit. So go ahead. <sighs> it's a crit fail. Oh, no. Oh, because of all the smoke that's coming off of the tree. You're kind of like blinded a little bit and your judgment of depth perception is off and you swing full force at the tree at the notch where it's still uh, still connected to itself and you swing past it and all your trajectory is carried around and you just kind of do a little spin move. Great. Next in the order is Kiss. Okay. Let's go ahead. Go for it. Is my axe still on fire? Yes. Good. <laughs> oh my God, it's a nat 20. <laughs> Roll damage. I think it's gonna die. Oh my god, that's fourteen damage. <laughs> so that would be fourteen times four. Oh, it's gonna die <laughs> because well, because you're on fire, so you get double damage for that, and then you also rolled a nat twenty. Oh man, dang! What a crazy roll to use on this enemy who is almost dead. So I think Kiss just does like a <laughs> like a, a Link style like spinning slash and just like. <laughs> cuts through the rest of it that you didn't finish give us a squawk kyle what's that i said give us a squawk yeah a squawk <laughs> that's just yeah I, <laughs> I like the idea that kiss is kind of like a link who but squawks instead of uh makes yeah sounds <laughs> hell yeah awesome so you cut through the notch in the tree and you just slice through it like butter the tree kind of falls down onto itself onto the stump that is remaining and it starts to fall towards you all so everybody make a deck save, including the shrub. Huh. Whoops. Ooh, critical fail of the shrub. So it's going to die. <laughs> 13. Five. 
I mean, I can't really even make one, right? Yeah, what's Claire doing? Is Claire far enough out of the way? Yeah, Claire Claire can't really make ones, but it doesn't matter because it's not, it can't do more damage, so. That doesn't sound good. Kiss? Oh. Well, no, you're at the base of the tree, so I think you're fine. You're out of the way because it's falling. We're just worried about its branches in the, the top of the tree as it falls down into the middle of the clearing that you're in. Okay. So, Sindri, you're going to take three points of damage. And that's it. You killed the tree and it's shrubs. Now what? So I'm going to um, try to cure wounds for Claire. Can I revive her that way? Or Yes, she's just unconscious. So she's just at zero HP. It's not like she's dead and needs to be like have necromancy magic to bring her back. She just give her some HP somehow. Okay, so I run over to her and I have to be touching her. So I put my hand on her and I say... Oh, stone, be not so. And I give her back seven hit points. Cool, thank you. So after Claire is healed, I look over at Cinder and I say, are you, are you, are you okay? My, how the tables have turned. <laughs> uh, Cinder's not okay. Well, I mean, like, physically. Oh, physically? Oh, yeah, I have a ton of hit points. But like, I can, so is he like visibly upset? Yeah, he's, he's crestfallen. Okay, I pat his shoulder and I say, come on, we're going to find your bird. Kiss says, did you see my axe? Wasn't that cool? (laughs) What did I miss? (laughs) My axe was on fire. That's awesome. So do I still have that um, pendant? Yes. Okay, so I guess we keep walking and I look at it while we're on the way, see if there's anything interesting about it. Okay, are you trying to make some kind of check, like an arcana check? Do I need to make a check? Yeah, I guess I'll do an arcana. 14. Yeah, you sense it's magical. It's some kind of pendant that is used by inanimate objects to awaken them. It has the awaken spell cast on it, and you can use this for two uses per day. Oh, sweet. I just got the coolest idea. Oh, yeah? Oh, Lord. So you all are walking around a corner, and Claire, make an arcana check. 17. You sense that around this corner... And I'm going to say that you're hanging back because you're low on health and you want to play it safe, as you said. Is that okay? Um, Yeah. You're you're just behind the pack. Sure. Sounds good. Everybody round starts to round this corner and you hear a strange hissing noise and you recognize this noise because it's a magical component that causes a great explosion. Hmm. And it's used in spells pretty frequently. So with your arcane knowledge, you you recognize this? Okay, so I'm going to yell, get back! And then like um, lunge toward everybody with my arms out and kind of try to tackle them or like run with them in the opposite direction. Just like push them, you know, that way. Everybody make a deck save. Claire with advantage. I also would like to, as I do this, like behind me, throw shield like in the direction of that. Is that a spell? Yes. Okay, so everybody gets advantage of this, so you, you describe the spell. An invisible barrier of magical force appears and protects you until the start of your next turn. You have a plus five bonus to AC. Right, but give me some give me some fluff. Some flavor. Give me some flavor. All right, so I throw up my hand, and this big wall of, of blue light kind of shoots out, and, you know, I'm, we're running in the opposite direction. I, I don't know. It's, it happens happening fast. You're saying make a deck save, so... Yep, everybody has advantage on their deck save now. Oh, advantage. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll give the, I'll give advantage because the effect of this spell is not really applicable here. So. Yeah, okay. 18. Yeah, I also got 18. Oh, that's uh, 21. 
That's better. It was a six or four. 17. So you all managed to leap out of the way because Claire is paying attention and knows her magical properties as a cannonball comes flying through at a sharp angle and it actually just cuts the corner off of the shrub that you're about to turn and passes through the shrubs, flying through the maze, temporarily opening up the maze for a second. And you can actually look through the hole, but the maze quickly starts to close up in on itself as the shrubs uh, reform. And you hear, come and get it! Oh, no. From around the corner. Jeez. Uh, I'm going after it. Fuck him. <laughs> oh, hail. So Kiss is running out. What is everyone else doing? So I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of confused, like dazed, you know? So we like, turn around, maybe go go follow. Okay, so so slowly. Yeah, I guess I draw my sword and... I mean, did we see anything behind us when the cannonball went through? Did we see anything notable? Nope. Okay. Just more maze. Then I guess we go and get it. <laughs> yeah. So you all turn this corner, and as you do, you see a very large humanoid person crouched down next to a cannon, and she sees you coming around the corner and yells, Oh, shit! <laughs> right as she lights up the cannon. <laughs> it's hissing for a second as you're running towards her, and she kicks out a block that's holding the cannon in place pointed at the corner and tilts the cannon so it aims straight up. And a couple seconds later, there's hissing, and the cannon launches a cannonball straight up into the air, and it goes very, very high, uh, nearly out of sight. And so you all are running towards her. She says, Now wait, 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 wait! Uh, that's, uh, what, do, what do y'all do? Yeah, I just get to a stop. I punch her in the face. Are you serious? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. She tried to hit us with a cannon, I She's don't know. She's tall, you're five feet, you can't reach. Oh. I'd tackle her, how about that? <laughs> like, you can fly. football tackle. She, she is kneeling down next to the cannon. Oh, right. Okay, so Kiss is tackling, is we'll anyone else like, doing anything? Kick her in the face as you go by. <laughs> I'm gonna do a perception check. Yeah, I'm gonna do a insight to see. Go for it. 16 on perception. And I got a 15 in sight. So you both just see that this person is, you know, they're wearing farmer's clothes with kind of a nice rugged leather pullover sweater. They're dressed, it's kind of baggy, nice for cold weather. They're wearing these thick canvas slacks and work boots, and they are tall. They have kind of long, wavy, dark brown, black, and gray hair. And uh, a bandana tied around the, to to keep their hair out of their face. Okay, but what's the surroundings? You're so you're in a big circular clearing actually, and there's a pedestal where this cannon is. There's a small plaque in front of the cannon, and she's standing up on the pedestal. It's maybe like a one foot step up. It's not. It's not like a big stage. It's just a small pedestal where the cannon is. When is that cannonball gonna come down? That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She says, now wait, wait here, and make a strength contest against her. Kiss. Will do. That's 18. She rolled a 22. Oh, dang. So she just puts her hand out, and like, I'm, I'm imagining you're like Superman punch, like running and jump, ready to punch, and she just grabs you by the head, and like, is actually <laughs> holding you up off of the ground. Oh, God. <laughs> and she says, I said wait, and she points up at the sky. And a couple seconds later, the cannonball slams down right where you were standing a moment before you ran through its path as you were running to punch her. <laughs> she says, now what in the heck are y'all doing here? Oh, what are you doing here? Let go of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm swinging like my hands kind of like just 
tussling around. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know if I want to do that. Are y'all done? Are y'all done coming out swinging and punching at me? Well, who the hell are you? Are you gonna shoot any more heavy metal balls at us? Hey! I told y'all to wait. Hey! Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Little man. <laughs> what do you want now? Hey, no. Uh, you got a wife. And whose business is that? Who's asking? Miss Pace. Her face kind of glows a little bit. <laughs> and she <laughs> puts Kiss down. Good. <laughs> and stands up. And she almost comes to the top of the crops, which are 15 feet tall. And you estimate that she's about 13 feet tall. Oh, my God. Jeez. She is a massive Goliath woman with a large, large war hammer strapped to her back. Hell yeah. And she says, Yeah, you seen her? Yes, ma'am. Well... Where is she then? Uh, outside of Balin. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Y'all would not believe what I've been through here. You would not believe it. Hey, real quick, real quick. I, I promise I'm interested in your story. We're looking for a bird. It, it, it got shot down. We really need to find her. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. And uh, she actually picks up like a small bundled up blanket and Freya is swaddled in it. And is ha- happily smiling. Aww. Cinder lunges for her. She's okay. Aww. The 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 person in front of you kind of like re- reaches her arms out, like holding a, a baby almost carefully, and is like, "Here now, I found your bird here. She she she's doing okay. I I I took care of her. She fell almost right down on top of my head." Cinder is like on his knees on the ground, hugging Aww. his bird. Oh, because he was just so Aww. distraught and worried. So. Freya is like asleep still. She doesn't even really realize what's going on. But as you hug her tight, close to your face, uh, her eyes kind of open for a second, and she says, "Yeah." <laughs> oh, as she goes back to sleep, she, it's Freya. just a pleased laugh. <laughs> Always giving me a hard time, that darn bird. I see you got that mother's instinct there. She's. She's everything to me. Well, that's very sweet now. I'm glad that I was the one to find her instead of these damn ghosts. You would not believe it. They're just everywhere. Everywhere. They're everywhere. <sighs> now, what are y'all names? I'm Burnin'. Burnin'? Kiss. <laughs> Kiss? I'm Claire. What's your name? Well, Claire, it's good to meet you. And she kind of towers over you for a second and reaches down and shakes your hand. My name is Cannon. Well... I mean, they call me Canon. It's my my real name's Canon. You know, it's spelled a little differently. <laughs> it sounds about the same, so that's why they call me Canon. And you, young man, points down to Syndra. Uh, I'm I'm Syndra, and he stands back up, but he's still holding his baby. Aww. Well, now it's nice to meet y'all. Uh, this here's my property. Uh, we made it, me and Pace made it ourselves. We built everything in here, including this here fun maze, supposed to be for kids, but now it's ridden with ghosts. Well, how'd that happen? And cannons, apparently. <laughs> well, actually, uh, Pace got me the cannon just last year. You know, to match my nickname. It was supposed to just be on display, but I figured out how to use it after the ghost showed up. You would not believe <laughs> these ghosts. Well. What's up with the ghosts? Well, How'd they get here? You know, ever since that witch came, yeah, it's all, you know, it, it it's all gone. It's all gone downhill. It's all gone. It's all gone. Oh, boy. I can't even find pace anywhere. <laughs> I, can, I can't even make it into the city. Can, can you believe that? I lived here so many years. I hiked out to this cabin that I built myself, and none of these damn roads <laughs> go anywhere. Well, why not? Why not? 
I don't know this damn. I swear this damn witch put a curse on me. I swear one of these days this witch. Oh boy. Well, what's the, well, well, well? Tell me about this witch. Yep she she took up she took up residence in the shack out back behind my cabin up there, and uh, you know I I kind of <laughs> made my way into this maze so she'd stop some of these damn ghosts around me. Is the tiger cat thing still with us? I have the spell speak with animals. Okay. And I was going to talk to it if we need to. I think that you turn towards the tiger, not really caring that much about what Cannon is saying. And Cannon sees you turn towards the tiger and says, oh, don't mind her. Did she almost did she get any of your hair off? Yeah. Yep. She just she was just showing out that there is uh, that there's Holly. You know, we named her Holly because when we found her, she had these bright red streaks in her just like Holly. Huh. Adorable. How do we get out of here? <laughs> well, I know the way out of the maze, but, you know, we might encounter some ghosts on the way. And where, well, where are y'all trying to go? Uh, no, no, we're trying no, to get no, here. Really. No, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, literally everybody's, everybody said something. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. We don't know exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of going where the road takes us, Well, I now guess. let me ask you, how did you get here on that damn road that leads nowhere? That don't make a lick of sense to me. You're right, it don't, but we busted up a big old gemstone and we ended up here. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well. Here we are. Wherever y'all from, uh, yeah. you're welcome. I'm glad to see you. I ain't seen another soul except for these damn ghosts with this witch here in about, oh, well, who knows how long I done lost track. Does the witch still live here? Oh, yep. She's up there. Well, let's, let, why don't I go talk to her? You probably don't want to do that, little man. Why not? I've been doing a bunch of crap I don't want to do. Try me. Look at me. Look at me. And you look like straight up because (laughs) (laughs) Cannon is like two times your height, like literally two Burnins stacked up on top of each other and you're still not as tall as Cannon is. You think that you think I haven't done any talking here? I I done talked all I could. This is all we can do here. I'm just camping out. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Pace to come back. I know that she'll find me one of these days and sometimes... Sometimes I can, I can almost see her out on that road out there, back back past the the labyrinth and past the wall. Well, maybe we can find her for you. Have you thought about evicting the witch? Yeah, good luck. Is it paying rent? <laughs> Where's she gonna go? She ain't got nowhere to go. She ain't got no friends. Did you try? Wait, so she's living there on her because you let her? Well, I didn't have much of a choice now, did I? But you want her to leave. Well, that would be nice, but I'm not about to force her out. You know, I think I could if I, I I think I could if I tried. I'm tall enough, ain't I? Yeah, sure, whatever. Well, it's better than doing nothing. You can't just sit around waiting for something to happen. You gotta do. You gotta. You gotta do it yourself. Yeah, and the ghosts are probably only here because of her. Listen now, you think I don't know that? Well, you're not doing anything about it. I can't just. I can't just evict her. What am I supposed to do? She ain't done nothing really wrong. She blocked you out from your wife. Yeah, you could. Well, that was. There's no. She. Well, she claims that was not her, and I don't have any proof against her, well, so I can't really. Well, what about the ghosts? <sighs> well, the ghosts are her. That's for sure. Have you tried asking her to leave? <laughs> uh, yeah, I done tried asking her to leave. <laughs> is she? Is she like? Is she pitching a fit over something? Like, is is there not something that she I know wants? Of. I mean, I'm letting her stay here. She seems pretty happy to me. All right, I'm going to go talk to her, if anything. I'm going to fight this witch, too. Listen now, she just gets in these moods now, and shit like this happens. Well, that's fine. You can't really do anything about it. You can't do nothing. I'll be nice about You're it. You're stuck with her. Yeah, is sure. She the one, is she the one who trapped 
this maze. Who put traps in it? No, that was me. Except for the ghosts now. My, mo- the traps are mostly for the ghosts. Oh. <laughs> I, never mind. <laughs> I lost steam on that. It sounds like I have to fight a witch. Okay. So what, are y'all just like storming off? I guess because she's not giving up. No, I, she needs to tell us how to get out of here. I want her to tell us how to get out of here. Well, ask her. Can you can you help us get out of this maze at the very least? Yeah, I can, but I can tell you, you're not going to have any luck with that witch up there, that old witch. Well, we can't get out of here either, so we're in this together now. All right. I'm very strong. I think I could take her. Uh, she kind of looks down at you just with like a big old smile on her face. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I know. I'm very strong. It's very good. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Magic Folk. We hope you enjoyed, and if you did, be sure to subscribe wherever podcasts live, rate and review us on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Magic Folk Pod. Magic Folk is created by Curtis Beck, Becca Bowen, Kyle Bruning, Alex Couch, and Victoria Watkins, and is based on characters and world, also by Victoria Watkins. This week, we have a special thanks to Brian at The Room Where It Happened Podcast for helping me process some tricky audio. Thanks, Brian. You can find them on Twitter at Room Where Pod. See you next time. <laughs>